0: So today's video is sort of the sequel to last week's video, which had some pretty amusing comments. So, I bring to you A Conversation with a Cat by Hilaire Belloc. The other day I went into the bar of a railway station and, taking a glass of beer, I sat down at a little table by myself to meditate upon the necessary but tragic isolation of the human soul. I began my meditation by consoling myself with the truth that something in common runs through all nature, but I went on to consider that this cut no ice, and that the heart needed something more. I might by long research have discovered some third term a little less hackneyed than these two, when fate, or some fostering star, sent me a tawny, silky, long-haired cat. If it be true that nations have the cats they deserve, then the English people deserve well in cats, for there are none so prosperous or so friendly in the world. But even for an English cat, this cat was exceptionally friendly and fine. Especially friendly. It leapt at one graceful bound into my lap, nestled there, put out an engaging right front paw to touch my arm with a pretty timidity by way of introduction, rolled up at me an eye of bright but innocent affection, and then smiled a secret smile of approval. No man could be so timid after such an approach as not to make some manner of response. So did I. I even took the liberty of stroking Amathea for by that name did I receive this vision. And though I began this gesture in a respectful fashion, after the best models of polite deportment with strangers, I was soon lending it some warmth, "'for I was touched to find that I had a friend. "'Yes, even here, at the ends of the tubes in SW99. "'I proceeded, as is right, from caress to speech and said, "'Amethea, most beautiful of cats, "'why have you de- deigned to single me out for so much favor? "'Do you recognize in me a friend to all that breathes? "'Or were you yourself suffering from loneliness, "'though I take it you are near your own dear home? "'Or is there pity in the hearts of animals, "'as there in the hearts of some humans?' What, then, was your motive? Or am I, indeed, foolish to ask, and not rather to take whatever good comes to me in whatever way from the gods? To these questions Amathea answered with a loud purring noise, expressing with closed eyes of ecstasy her delight in the encounter. I am more than flattered, Amathea said I, by way of answer. I am consoled to know that there was in the world anything breathing and moving, let alone so tawny perfect, who would give companionship for its own sake and seek out, through deep feeling, some one companion out of all living kind. If you do not address me in words, I know the reason, and I commend it. For in words lie the seeds of all dissension, and love at its most profoundest silent. At least, I read that in a book, Amathea. Yes, only the other day. But I confess that the book told me nothing of those gestures which are better than words, or of that caress which I continue to bestow upon you with all the gratitude of my poor heart. To this, Amathea made a slight gesture of acknowledgement, not disdainful, wagging her head a little, and then settling it down in deep content. "'O beautiful-haired Amathea, many have praised you before you found me to praise you, and many will praise you, some in your own tongue, when I am no longer held in the bonds of your presence, but none will praise you more sincerely.' "'for there is not a man living who knows better than I "'that the four charms of a cat lie in its closed eyes, "'its long and lovely hair, its silence, and even its affected love.' "'But at the word affected, Amathea raised her head, "'looked up at me tenderly, once more put forth her paw to touch my arm, "'and then settled down again to a purring beatitude. "'You are secure,' I said sadly. "'Mortality is not before you.' There is in your complacency no foreknowledge of death nor even of separation. And for that reason, cat, I welcome you the more. For if there has been given to you for your kind this repose in common living, why then we men also may find it following your example, and not considering too much that may be to come, and not remembering too much what has been and will never return. Also I thank you for this, Amathea, my sweet Eupolacimos, for I was becoming a little familiar through an acquaintance of a full five minutes and from the absence of all recalcitrance, that you have reminded me of my youth, and in a sort of shadowy way, a momentary way, have restored it to me. For there is an age, a blessed youthful age, O my cat, even with the miserable race of men, when all things are consonant with the life of the body, when sleep is regular and long and deep, when enmities are either unknown or are subject for rejoicing, and when the whole of being is lapped in hope as you are now lapped on my lap. Amathia, yes, we also, we have doomed race, no peace. But whereas you possess it from blind kittenhood to that last dark day, so mercifully short with you, we grasp it only for a little while. But I would not sadden you by the mortal plant. That would be treason indeed, and a vile return for your goodness. What, when you have chosen me out of seven London millions upon whom to confer the tender solace of the heart, when you have proclaimed yourself so suddenly to be my dear... "'Shall I introduce to you the sufferings of those of whom you know nothing save that they feed you, house you, and pass you by? "'At least you not take us for gods, as do the dogs. "'And the more I am humbled, humbly beholden to you for this little service of recognition, and something more.' Amathea slowly raised herself upon her four feet, arched her back, yawned, looked up at me with a smile sweeter than ever, "'and then went round and round, preparing for herself a new couch upon my coat.' whereon she settled and began once more to purr in settled ecstasy. Already had I made sure that a rooted and anchored affection had come to me from out the emptiness and nothingness of the world, and was to feed my soul henceforward. Already had I changed the mood of long years, and felt a conversion toward the light of things, an appreciation, a cousinship with the created light, and all that through one new link of loving-kindness. Then, whatever it is that dashes the cup of bliss from the tips of mortal man— Up and dashed it good and hard. It was the ancient enemy who put the fatal sentence into my heart, for we are the playthings of the greater powers, and surely some of them are evil. You will never leave me, Amathia, I said. I will respect your sleep, and we will sit here together through all uncounted time. I holding you in my arms, and you dreaming of the fields of paradise. Nor shall anything part us, Amathia. You are my cat, and I am your human. Now and onwards, into the fullness of peace." Then it was that Amatheo lifted herself once more, and with delicate, discreet, unweighted movement of perfect limbs leapt tightly to the floor as lovely as a wave. She walked slowly away from me without so much as looking back over her shoulder. She had another purpose in her mind, and as she so gracefully and so majestically neared the door which she was seeking, a short, unpleasant man standing at the bar said, Puss, 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 and stooped to scratch her gently behind the ear. With what a wealth of singular affection, pure and profound, she did not gaze up at him, and then rubbed herself against his leg in token and external expression of a sacramental friendship that should never die.